0: Hi, this is Taxi's Chronicles, and I'm your host, Simon Rushton. Today, we have a nice guy in the car. He has his own company, recruitment company in the luxury fashion items industry, and he's just about to tell us how it's been going um, and all the details. And as usual, I'll pass over to him. So, hi. Hi, Simon. Hi, that's that's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. How you said you started in two thousand and eight, just after the crash. How, how how was that? What were you? So I
1: get, when when I started, so I will give you a bit of my background. So I was uh, uh, seventeen, the youngest entrepreneur at recruitment business. Okay. Um, back, back by the Princess Trust. Yeah. Um, and my focus back then, initially when I started, was placing uh, probably retail stuff. Within uh, you know, luxury luxury goods, so kind of shop floor staff, sales to management. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started, I guess you know with, with any startup, um, typical story outside of my bedroom. Originally from East London, in Hackney. Mm-hmm. Um, you know my, my my first few clients were Ralph Lauren, Liberty, Graff. Um, <laughs> <coughs> you did well! How did you how did you colour them? Well, you know, I, I kind of uh, cold called them, you know, I, I was pitching more my service rather than myself. Um, you know, in terms of kind of what we do, um, placing salespeople. You know, back then when I started, you know, my fees were quite competitive. So, you know, looking at my competitors, a lot of the companies gave me an opportunity um, to, to trial my services. And I guess from 2000 and, you know, when I started, kind of 2008 to 2011, uh, the business group, um, mm-hmm. certainly focused on on the UK market. Um, and, and I kind of realized, I came to realize, you know, I guess the opportunity there was, um, was there's a lot of agencies who covered the high street segment. There wasn't really a core agency focused on luxury goods. Um, I and, and back then, you know, luxury goods was an opportunity for a lot of other agencies to branch into. So I kind of shifted my focus in 2011 um, as I established my name to focus now so you saw a niche and you just ran with it yeah so m- predominantly, um, the niche was mainly hard luxury goods so high-end watches and jewelry brands purely at the
0: back of a passion of my myself you know, so been, just to make sure I'm on the same page as you and the listeners you're you've got a, br- a brand uh, let's say Rolex yeah. and rolex wants somebody who's not just a student but somebody who believes in the brand understands about the quality and everything and um and you can just apply them and uh, like an agency person yeah who will who will market their brand as if it's their own yeah that's correct and that's what you're that's your sales pitch. so yeah so
1: you know when you when you use for example rolex as an is a good example to use because They come to us for specialist candidates, and sometimes these candidates are not necessarily easy to find on the market. I'll give you an example, you know, without uh, a Rolex watch, what is the process? They need watchmakers, they need specialists who are able to to make those watches, and those candidates are quite hard to find, Um, Mm -hmm. so what we do is we tend to look at other competitor businesses and we map out who work within those organizations that may be through LinkedIn, it may be through word of mouth, or previous people we've placed within the industry, recommendations, and we would headhunt them and present them to clients. Um, now, the, the industry in which we operate in is very much candidate driven, so we may not necessarily have a job for them, but if we've got a candidate with a, a good skill set, um, a,
0: a brand will create an opportunity for them now you know I guess the last few years that's really interesting that point yeah they the company may think we don't really need that person but when they see the skills they say actually let's find a space for them there and we're giving off where they can't re- refuse
1: and that's kind of where the business has been built you know we create opportunities for some of the candidates we represent um, and, and a lot of our clients that do come to us may not necessarily know that p- person exists because we have a, a wider
0: overview of the market hmm I like your research methods of using LinkedIn because if you see one person LinkedIn, if they work for Rolex, as long as they've been liked by the other staff, they, they're going to have a whole Rolex like yeah, community yeah, and yeah, recommendations, community and that they help you can them. just go through there and you like it's a spider's web. It's all
1: inter- But I think amazing. I think now you know I guess the last year for us was was a great year. You know, uh, 60% of our business was international. We do a lot of work, uh, okay. uh, you know, in, in, mainly Europe. Uh, we did, I did some what placements in hong kong last year and i guess the crisis today in mainland china and hong kong um you know a lot a lot of international companies are slowing down on on their hiring Mm -hmm. strategy so we're seeing i think kind of pre-covid 19 you know my my expectations as a business was to add another 15 people to our business this year and i think given you know back in march with the lockdown i think i've had to look at our hiring strategy and focus on maybe you know what i think Continue to hire another three to four people, um, and and grow as the market picks up. Mm. Um, And I think the the biggest challenge a lot of businesses will will face today is actually looking at headcount. Um, You know, when they come to us to recruit, they'll be looking to recruit purely out of necessity more so than a luxury. Mm. Um, You know, replacing somebody if they've left, or you know, bringing on somebody in the business they're looking to transform transform the the business or, or certain functions. Um, you know, we're seeing a huge increase in digital and e-commerce, you know, the luxury goods industry has been quite slow to embrace digital and e-commerce, it's been heavily reliant on, you know, traditional salespeople, dealing with clients that going to the boutiques more at one-to-one selling, and I feel, especially with the younger generation, you know, who are driving the millennials, the, the, the online digital presence, I think this is the future today. Okay. You know, I guess, given the lockdown, a lot of people have been, have not been able to go out to shop, to the boutiques, the retailers. Mm-hmm. So the alternative will be to kind of go online or, or through personal shoppers. And I think, you know, the future for, I mean, regardless of, of, of luxury goods, I think a, a lot of consumers today, you know, they will travel, uh, you know, three, four times a year going to fashion shows, you know, whether it's Milan or Paris to see the new collections. I think mean, you'll see that a lot less happening moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people thinking about their safety well being, um, but people will still continue to consume at the very top end i get i think it creates an opportunity for the wealthy to become much more wealthier but it also creates an opportunity for those um, like myself or yourself to actually come up with new ideas to be to innovate i think everyone needs to uh, be able to look at you know, their skill sets maybe retrain to reposition themselves if they have be made redundant for example you know, we're seeing an mm-hmm. influx of people being made redundant. You know, what, what 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 does the future hold for them? And I think right now, you know, my advice to a lot of us kinda is of to look at you know look at their, their skill sets, their experience to see if it could be transferable in other areas. Okay. You know, you talk about retail sales, you know, I think ultimately without sales, without a, a fee generator within a business, it's it will um, not help the business to invest in marketing and other operational mm-hmm. products. You know, we're here today. You know, you're you're taking me home, and I think, you know, with, with COVID nineteen, you're going to also get a lot more people being more reluctant how they travel, how they get about their own business. You know, being
0: electric um, scooters is one. Yeah, everybody's said, All right, I spend three hundred quid, and then I can go anywhere within a certain radius, and I'm not waiting for anybody. I can get down every alleyway. I can go on a pavement if I need to, regardless of Boris saying it's illegal. <laughs> No one cares anymore. Well, look, I think right now,
1: you know, I think what, what, what Bojo is saying and, you know, I think everybody's looking to, to get around their own business. And I think, you know, whilst uh, they, the government have, have obviously campaigned for a lot of people to stay home during the lockdown period, it's been uh, quite mm-hmm. successful or very successful, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Now they need to campaign to get people back to work and, mm-hmm. and, and, and getting out there to push the economy and, and it will create opportunities like, you know, for for other brands that mm. we work for to recruit more people and also for you to get you know I think we rely a lot on the international markets you know mm. when they come to the UK and I think it's a great opportunity for um, a lot of companies to look at their local consumers and their local mm. customers because I think ultimately you know with or without the rise of Asian consumers mm. they still will be you know the UK is probably one of the highest concentrated, mm. Um, mm. You know, mm. countries with a lot of wealth, mm-hmm. and and it will continue to rise. So I think you know, I'm, I think that the outlook for, for for what lies ahead, I think, you know, a lot of people probably writing off twenty twenty. Mm. I see this as a great opportunity uh, S- to realign mm. and refocus to come out as stronger and bigger and better.
0: So <laughs> what I was gonna say is, how, so what's your, how big is your company now? Your staff? Obviously, you started in two thousand eight. Been going that's so about 13 12 13 years now yeah how many staff have you got now so in total we've got 18 80. A- 18 18 18 18, 18. Okay. Um,
1: and I guess the reason for me is because my 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 business is very much built around relationships and I think the next few years is going to be quite important in terms of scale in, in a you know looking at scaling my business to become more commercially viable uh, and less less reliant on on a handful of consultants I think you know when you look at most businesses today that are built on relationships, um, have been very successful. If that's, you know, if you want to build a lifestyle business, that's probably the best way to go about it. And I mm-hmm. think the last thirteen years I've had my ups and, and and downs, um, but more more ups, shall we say? And I think, you know, me being quite young in terms of what what I've started at a very young age. I think, you know, as a personal, um. You know, my legacy for the next few years is to commercialize my business with a view to exit so you know whoever whether it may be a, a, a luxury group or a, a high street agency that wants a niche entity a part of their division that's that's what I'm working towards at the moment. okay
0: that's good oh, you say you seem to have it all planned out mm. so on another note how do you you haven't even mentioned the, the company name do you uh, luxury to- recruit? Luxury Recruit, is that luxuryrecruit.com? Luxuryrecruit.com, yeah. Okay, and I see you're based in.
1: Kingsway, Holborn. Oh,
0: Kingsway, Holborn, okay. So, any guys out there who want to partner up or need mood <laughs> recruits, specialized uh, agency recruitment, I'm not sure how. Luxury girls lifestyle, fashion. Yep, that kind of thing. This is a man to. To link up, to check out his website and things like that. So how do you feel about this whole COVID situation on another? Do you think he's handled it well, the government? Do you think everyone should have stayed at home? Do you think only the vulnerable should have stayed at home? What do you think? I think right now, I think the focus is is trying to
1: get people back into work for those that can work. Um, I do believe that the the vulnerable um, should be uh, continuing to stay at home. Um, because it will enable, you know, I think, you know, you, you read globally, you know, with China, with Beijing recently, the second wave. Um, and I think, you know, unless we are careful, that, as in the professionals, um, there, there's a risk that we will also face, you know, come December, you know, end of the year, um, also a spike. And that will then become much worse because it will be, you know, looking at the flu season. Um, right now, I do believe you know, the opportunities out there for people to get back to work, you know, working from home, m- most of my guys work from home, I think it's been successful, you know, if you're self-disciplined and you're able to work in that environment, I think it should continue and mm-hmm. companies should use this as an opportunity to to be more flexible uh, and to encourage more people to
0: work mm-hmm. from home if they cannot commute, especially for families, you know. I'm I, Sorry, are you personally nervous about this covid or are you just blase like well i'm able-bodied i'm okay no so i'm, I'm people- personally
1: so i i i um personally I'm, I'm worried and concerned about it purely on the basis that it affects not only the vulnerable you know i i have you know my mum, she's just quite vulnerable um so being quite cautious um, You know have, Not having to see You know My nephew nieces for, for a few weeks As a result of You know Kind of um, Being in lockdown Purely because of uh, You know The risk of catching it um, I do believe That most people Who have had it Now um, Are fine The ones that I know Within my network I think The, the younger you know, you know Adult has been able To recover mm-hmm. m- Much more quicker I think You know you know, it, it, it's touch and go. I think it's quite it's quite hard. I think, you know, what you read and what you hear um, globally. You oh. know, I think we could have handled it much better. I think.
0: How know, could we have handled it better? That's my. Uh, opinion. I I think you know I think,
1: um, you know, China uh, announced it in December. I think you know, um, publicly, uh, a lot of countries were were waiting as opposed to um, reacting in terms of mitigating
0: so, you know putting in lockdown so restrictions should we shut our borders to china or to the world and just said wait we'll see what happened yeah. or
1: yeah no i think i think given uh the economy today i think you know we'll you know towards the end of last year i think this focus was around brexit and and i think that focus continued into early this year and, and and nobody knew the severity of kind of COVID-19 and how bad it was especially you know China they, they down you know they downplayed the numbers purely because they felt that it would have hit their economy um, and they bounced back quick you know I think being a communist country they yeah. were able to control the situation control their people um, and as a result of that you know I think their economy you know, listening. You know, I think Hermes opened their boutique in May, and what in the first day they generated, I think two point five million dollars in sales. So,
0: you know, you've got. Look at Primark now. Primark yeah, look at Primark. You know, so you're know, actually camping outside. Unbelievable. Like it's a pop, pop so fifty pence t shirt. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and it's,
1: you know, people people have been, have been at home for so long,
0: and they want to get out. They want to, you know, you they want to get that? back to normal. But you know what that really shows is that shopping is a real addiction and it's a problem. It's a huge problem. It's a problem because if you are willing to camp outside for a 50 pence a t-shirt that you could buy anytime. Yeah. You could go in Asda. I went in Asda and the t-shirts were cheaper in Asda than they were in Primark by a pound. So I bought four t-shirts. I don't like to shop. Yeah. so i buy them t-shirts i don't have to buy anything until next year yeah next year and they're all the same color so i'm good to go <laughs> i don't need to match it to figure out well, very practical very very practical but it shows that there's some people some real addiction i had a friend and she was buying ordering five things from amazon per day but well, that's the thing it accumulates it costs
1: a yeah. lot of money i think it boredom it's, it's an addiction and I think, you know, you look at a stock, you know, you look at kind of pre COVID nineteen and you know, a lot of people panic, you know, I have employees that are saying, look, Mo, what are we gonna do? Like, you know, how are we gonna pay our rent? Well look, you know, you guys earn a salary. What you do with your money I don't know. But I think this is an opportunity to start saving. Yeah. You know, yeah. if for a rainy day, I think, you know, yeah. you have uh it's great you earn money, but I think you know this is a, an opportunity to push up against the wall. Exactly, kind of because yeah. you never know what that rainy day is gonna happen and Unless you're able to save, you know, even you know, x percentage from your salary, I think yeah. that's
0: that's He's something saying, that I
1: always promote to my staff.
0: Always live, live like you only earn seventy percent of what you actually earn, and save the thirty. And live
1: within your means. Yeah, well, I see people to 30%, who earn, yeah. you know, who earn x but want to live like you know, a, a millionaire who drives a Lamborghini or Ferrari. That's that's not the reality, unfortunately. I think you know I think I come I come from a humble background I, you know I kind of started and built something from nothing um, and you understand the value and you appreciate it you know I think being street smart is, is something that you learn um, and, and, and experiencing it and I, I think you know a lot of the last few weeks last few months you know I have friends who have, you have know, have gone to Oxford parents have paid for a good education but are am not stable you know they've come to Merge. you mind borrow me some money I can't pay my rent but happy to help my friends out, but mm. you know I think it it puts things into perspective.
0: But you have to say to people, "It's tough love is real love, though." Hundred percent. Because I like, help you this time, you owe me the money, and you need to sort yourself out. So I'm not going to help you again.
1: And unless the, unless they go for it, they're not going to learn. You know, yeah. and I think unless you know, if you've had that silver spoon treatment for so long, you know it it, it is a re is a wake up call.
0: And also, you have to ask yourself. You're asking me as a friend, why are you not asking your parents? Because you know you're embarrassed. hundred percent. They sent you and to you feel you feel private
1: education, the uh, pay for you to go to Oxford and so for them to for you to go to and for money, it's a it's a sign of failure, you
0: know. And but then they they need to learn to eat that humble pie though. Because I agree. if they I don't agree. learn, then they'll only be back and they're i see going to be back i see you or other people i see and then many many times you'll see them they may be driving a car that they can't afford or they're having juries so my thing is have you been to the pawn shop someone asked me have you been to the pawn shop have you been to the bank because my business is not lending money i don't make money on lending money so if you've gone to these people already and they've told you no they're telling me you're telling me that the bank says you're not financially viable. So why should I give you some Exactly. Party?
1: So you're coming to
0: Why should I give you some money ideas? Because so unless true. a damn fool idiot man written across my head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> then they'll come back again for more and yeah, more yeah. and
0: Yeah, they're gonna tell you about their problems and all these things, but you'll see them in the club or whatever, and you'll be like, mate, you're that well, I that's lot. what they say you, you have to pick your friends wisely. Sure,
1: and it's not it's not about you know the quantity, it's about the quality. You, know, you don't need a lot of friends mm-hmm. to, to be able to, to 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 have you know good people around you and i think mm-hmm. i've been quite lucky in the sense that you know I've ha- i have mentors i've had mentors who you know, have many years of experience have been successful you know running banks you know one of my my mentors is a, is a guy called logan Naidu, who runs a recruitment company also um you know very successful self-made he, he set up his company in 2012 um Started with eight people and he's got 300 people working for him so you know he, he, his, his sector is, is is within the the finance space and he's always been uh, you know he's always looked said to me look Mo you're very good at what you do um, it's a great time to scale and having people to kind of guide you I think and it, it is a great opportunity it's a great privilege mm-hmm. to have whether it's a family member or not I think it's always important to have a mentor
0: yeah. And I, I, and agree, I guess yeah. that's
1: that's that's kind of why I, I am you know, where I am today. I think, you know, not having someone around me to turn to, um, it can be lonely sometimes.
0: And you need somebody in your industry as well who's further down the line, is willing to talk to you. Yeah. I met a guy in a taxi the other day and he was a facilitator. And I do that for business in Africa. So I went to live in Africa for like five years. Where else? in Kenya. Okay. Yeah. So and I had businesses there and I've made good connections where they build infrastructure, foreign, foreign people, but they um, build infrastructure. And they say to me, it's like, for, basically throwing you crumbs, but they're, they're big crumbs. They say, can you get me a construction company? Can you get me um, so, you know, uh, somebody who's specialized in this and specialized that? So you go around, do the groundwork, and then you bring them to that person. You get a facilitation fee along those lines of things now um, when I spoke to this guy I said to him oh, can you be my mentor by the time I we ended up having a conversation and him. he said yeah not a problem so I meant to email him I haven't yet it's about three or four days ago I spoke to him but is he's in the same kind of line but he his facilitation is connecting he used to be a banker a trader yeah so he connects people with money people with good ideas and if they marry he gets a fee yeah even if they don't he gets a fee because it's like i introduced you if you messed up the the proposition that's nothing to do with me still got an intro fee yeah Yeah, i still get an intro fee which is something where i realize i'm kind of falling down because i didn't do that i just was kind of helping out my other mentor but this guy can really teach me in another light so it's really interesting that um when you say that so I was thinking okay you've asked him to be a mentor but what exactly are you asking him to do Yeah, because he's going to want to know otherwise you're just wasting his time and your own so it's going to be very specific and a
1: mentor can be many forms you know maybe it'd be somebody you meet once a month spend a few hours with say talk about your life your work or some advice or it can be a specific mentor in and in, 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 like you use in, in a sector where you want experiencing or you want to go into and somebody who's done it before can give you that guidance
0: have you always found mentors
1: in your industry that you're in uh, yeah so i think initially when i set up my business um i so i went to homerton boys school in, uh, and and my my school had a, a program with the city and, and one of my mentors was a a guy who worked at ing bank and he um you know he kind of would, would meet with me once a month and he would you know, just kind of give me some grounding on how to prepare for job interviews and, and you know, helping me with my business plan um, and he was actually, my mentor was uh, the guy that introduced me to my non-exec Logan Knight, who runs a recruitment, uh, successful recruitment business called Dartmouth Partners um, so I guess it, it, it creates, you know, you get
0: introduced to one person and it creates an opportunity yeah, you know? it, yeah. it's like he's vouching for you really yeah, so um, this is a good guy I've had him, I've taught him so much now now. So I think it's great. I
1: think you know even for uh, the younger generation today, you know if they, they, they want to go to university or they, they, they you know they finish school or they don't want to go to college, I think having a a mentor or somebody who can kind of give them some form of guidance or to turn to, I think it's really really important. And this is something that I'm actually looking into now. You know for my business, kind of getting to next year is is to creating a mentorship program to enable people mm-hmm. to be paired up. Those in our industry to
0: give them some support and guidance. But you went to Oxford.
1: No, no, no. I I went to Homerton But my, my friend who who asked me for money, he went to Oxford. Okay. So, so yeah, you can see how, <laughs> yeah, how that so turns like, out. I went. Him. I went to you know. I'm I'm uh, you know proud of you, from Eastern Hackney boy. Mm. Um. So that I'm I'm proud of my roots. And so I went to you know I didn't go to university. I went to uh, college, did
0: my A levels. Um, And and then I set up my business. And you probably did what was necessary for you to get to where you needed to get to. some a lot of people go to Oxford just want to go there for a status. 100%. And And not a lot of people pursue a profession. I don't know how much it costs to go to Oxford, but my mindset is like spending all that money just for status don't make sense. No. It's like, it's just for a piece of paper. And that piece of paper is only going to help you... The, the only's going to help you for your first interview. Yeah. I would have thought. Yeah. From my experience, so I went to South Bank and stuff. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Times
1: have changed now. You know, I think university is not for everybody. Um. Yeah, you know, if you don't want to get yourself into debt, then don't, don't do it. You know. Take. You know, follow an you know, follow an apprenticeship, for example, that will then enable you to get into work to start earning some money. Um, and, and that's, you know, everyone is a personal choice. You know, my sister went to university, she became a teacher. Um, you know, she needed a certain qualifications to do her profession. And I think you know, it depends, you know, whether you want to become a doctor or a lawyer, every profession mm. will determine what qualifications you need. And and there's no right or wrong. I think university is great. You know, you have that op- opportunity, you should go for it. Mm. If you don't, then you can still pursue. I think. Entrepreneurship today, in 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 the UK, I think it's. I I encourage it, especially given the economy we're in today. And I think mm-hmm. for the future generation, the more entrepreneurs, the more, you know, ideas people come up with, it yeah. will create opportunities. Innovation. And I think this is the way. This is the way forward. You know, I think if, if the government can support, you know.
0: Like, uh, the government likes workers. See, when I was living in Kenya, what I noticed is that, and they were talking about it. They said of Kenya's population 90% of them want to be their own businessmen but 10% of them want to actually just work for somebody but England is the opposite way it's around, opposite around. I that's in Africa in general I yeah. think you know
1: you create you know whether it's a farmer or somebody from the village you know I have a lot of friends in Nigeria you know a very good friend of mine his uncle is Alika Dangotti and his story you know he started you know initially importing rice and and he's one of the richest guys in, in Africa, and I think the opportunities are there. Um, uh, and I think unless you have the contacts or the infrastructure, you can really develop something. You know, I think if I wasn't doing what I'm doing today, I'd probably move to Africa and do something there. And I think mean, it's all about you know, <laughs> being at the right time, yeah, you know, yeah. the right time, the right place, uh, and being able to create your own opportunity.
0: That's my other podcast, Mark. My other podcast is about called Africa Investing Stories. Where I interview people who've in, uh, invested in Africa, usually from around the world, and their story of how they did it, what went wrong, why they came back, or if, the, if if it's success, sorry, if it's successful and how it's still going, and where the future's going, and what they'd encourage other people to do. And I think it's I mean, Africa has
1: many opportunities. It's all about mm-hmm. you know contacts. I think having the right contacts locally, yeah, um, I think is important, um, or having the right partner know i think you know i think corruption is everywhere in the world today mm. you know people talk about it as a lot you know in a certain part of a country i i don't, I don't believe in, in, in it is in, in one certain certain part of a country yes i do believe and and do you think that it starts from the top if it's promoted and embedded at the top then that will influence what happens below mm-hmm. people
0: who, but if it's promoted in such a way you know i i know um, I was watching a documentary on America and they were saying, actually, America's worst problem is corruption and they're saying if you look at a lot of the issues that people are protesting about and a lot of the problems, um, it comes down to corruption. It comes down to corruption. I think somebody's being paid and he's not going to bring a law into place to stop that or to give people justice with the water issue, with the Superdome and the New Orleans situation. With the BP oil, you know, the list goes on, not even mention George Floyd and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. It kicks in. It's just legislation, you know. And someone made a very good point. Some ex military. The military are very cautious with who they shoot, even in wartime, because they know they can be held accountable as an individual. Yeah. They lose their pension, they lose all their privilege and dishonorable discharge. But the police, for some reason, aren't held accountable. There's a problem in that.
1: There's a huge problem. Why in would there. you
0: people who are really at death's door and a heightened violent volatile situation, you make them accountable, but the other people who aren't really at that thing, you don't make them accountable.
1: And I think, you know, the recent events with Floyd, um, I think a lot of people are now using this as an opportunity to speak out, to have their voice heard, and I think it's the right thing to do. I think you know, I think America, if you look at the person who's running the country today, he's only creating an opportunity for these people to come out, um, albeit mm. a bit late. Mm. But as, you know, what's that saying sometimes is, uh, you know, be- better late than never.
0: I will say this, though. I think the press has always been against him. So if he has done anything good, no one would really know of it. No. And I'm not saying he's, he has, but there's no one person who's all bad. No. Even Hitler helped his people.
1: Yeah.
0: And he helped his people in a very good way. But it's just the other people's detriment. And so, you know, I I usually, if the press are always trying to tell me something and make me believe something, I usually go the opposite way. Because you're kind of, listen guys, you're not really doing your job here. You're meant yeah. to give me the facts and let me make my decision. But you're telling me, no, take, take, take the chocolate out take the chocolate cake take the chocolate cake no just don't look at the vanilla take the chocolate <laughs> there's something wrong with the chocolate cake there you know there's something going on what's you know in that respect of things yeah and still. Well, it's been interesting talking to you. Pleasure talking to you
1: thanks as well.
0: For, thanks a lot. Just to remind everybody, your company.
1: It's a Luxury Recruit, um, and we're based in Kingsway. My name is Mohamed Maza.
0: Okay. Thanks again, guys. I hope you like that. Feel free to like and subscribe and share. Also, don't forget our other podcast, Africa Investing Stories. It's season two. It's not just about investing in business it's also about investing in oneself because in business you must invest in yourself get your mind right in a good place and your family or your support system your loved ones before you make major decisions to make things go smoothly anyway have a nice day